This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating World Cup Preview Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Josh. We we're trying to decide if it's been too long or, or just long enough that we've been on hiatus since the end of the Premier League season. Yeah. And I don't think we reached a consensus there. <laughs> you feel like you got a vacation. I feel like I feel like I like it never stopped for me. Maybe it's because this is like the, this is the problem with social media. It's like you never. It never stops. It's it's always it's always there. <laughs> I have been away. living inside. I've been living inside Loris Carius's head for the last <laughs> two weeks. It feels like. Yeah, maybe it never went. It feels like it never totally went away because, uh, yeah, that game uh, cast such a long, long shadow that that Champions League final. Um, so, for anyone who is maybe listening for the very first time, uh, Brent and I run a an English Premier League fantasy podcast. Uh, we've been doing it for three years. Um, we're, uh, we'll be doing it for the fourth year uh, come uh, July, right? We'll be back in July, which is amazing. We're, yeah. we're actually, we're yeah. just here now, right? There's no, there's no, there's, there's no, no stopping us yeah, at this exactly. point. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're um, we're doing a little, you know, something a little bit different. Obviously, we're, we're this is our, our first ever uh, World Cup podcast. Um, uh, we typically look at the. Um, uh, you know the, the English Premier League, so uh, now we're going. We're going to try to expand our, broaden our horizons a little bit, and do a World Cup fantasy game. We actually have three different ways that you can do fantasy with us, with us which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but uh, Brandon, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Anything? Anything notable? Anything? Anything? Well, exciting? the first, the first notable thing is my team, Fulham, up the Cottagers. We're yes. coming to the Premier League. Yes. 
you know, every every longtime listener of Always Cheating knows exactly where Josh and I were when um, <laughs> uh, when uh, that that happened. We were at the Black Horse Tavern. We were hanging out there with our friend Matt Burton, and uh, what a glorious and sound defeat of Aston Villa. We destroyed Jack Grealish. Uh, I'm I'm impressed that he actually was able to walk off of the pitch. At the end of the match, uh, <laughs> uh, on his own two legs, raked a few times. It was yeah. yeah. He looked so pretty good awesome. though. I, I, I think I think Jack Grealish makes a Premier League squad next year. Yeah, it, I mean that that if you're a Villa fan, my heart goes out to you because and the same would have happened to the Fulham squad if they had not been promoted. But that Villa squad is just going to be blown to bits. Yep. All the old guys are Terry's either going to retire. Yeah, right. So um, I think Grealish should take. Take the paycheck where he can and, and, and get into a Premier League club side. Yeah, uh, that that was amazing. I was there for that. Um, I yeah, done... uh, and, and I was I was just going to say to finish that point, <laughs> I can't more. remember. I can, yeah, more con, more Fulham content. Um, so Fulham are playing in the World Cup. It's going to be really <laughs> terrific. Um, it has been a long time. I think maybe not since uh, Michigan State won the NCAA basketball tournament in 2000. Have I actually been rooting for a team that won anything. Like, yeah. I felt like I had a vested interest. Now, granted, <laughs> I am not from the west side of London. And granted, what they won was, and granted, what they won was third place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, third place is still better than an Arsene Wenger trophy, so I'll That's take true. that any day. Yeah. That's true. What about you, Josh? What's been going on in your life? Well, other than watching football matches with you, um, I don't know. I went to the Bronx Zoo. That was fun. Um, I what was your those? favorite animal there? <laughs> Uh, what was my favorite animal? Probably the tigers. Um, maybe that's a cliched answer, but they were pretty fantastic. They're, they're much larger than you think. Animals in general, like big animals. You forget how big yeah. a bear is. A bear is gigantic, <laughs> really quite large. <laughs> so you got the tigers my, prowling. Yeah. They they were prowling around. They weren't hiding in in a damp cave. One was there. bathing. One was prowling. Exactly. Oh, so it was they a were big very bathing cat. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, the bears were bathing. The, oh, the cat, okay. the, even better, even better. Yeah, the cats were launching. Uh, so yeah, that was it. And hung out with the you know I, I did like you know we, this is a weekly fantasy podcast, Brendan, that we do. So you know I had like a lot of family time. I had to like make up for you know a lot of. Yeah. Uh, I missed a few birthdays, missed a few anniversaries. You know, we it was like to... you were fighting in the Gulf War or <laughs> right, something exactly. like that. Yeah, I really had, had a lot to make up for. Um, <laughs> I had a few funerals to go to. It was a very active time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Thankfully, they held them until, you know, they waited until the season was over so I could go, uh, which was a nice gesture. So, yeah. uh, Brandon, the World Cup, it's here. Uh, starts yeah. next starts next week. Um there are a lot of different types of, of, you know, I like a little juice, as you do, right? I like to I like to add a little juice to, uh, yeah, to my matches. You, you and I put at least 50 American dollars down just between each other during the Premier League season. And at that least. is, uh, yeah, that that's just strictly for bragging rights. I feel like you got to go <laughs> it's even, not even cutting our, It's not even cutting our mini leagues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, hence, the, hence the Patreon page. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just to cover our gambling debts. We like a little juice. We like a little gambling. Um, we have three different ways that you can, you know, the World Cup is like the most exciting tournament in the world. Um, yeah. but we thought we could make it, you know, 1% more exciting. Um, and and here's how we're going to do it. Uh, one is our Patreon set and forget game. Brandon, can you describe this game? 
Yeah, I'd love to. So to play our set and forget game, you have to become a Patreon supporter of Always Cheating. You get what to become a Patreon supporter. Yeah, and that is that is a perk for sure. <laughs> and uh, you get bonus podcast episodes. You get invited to special leagues during the Premier League season. You get discounts invited to- on new merch. Yeah, we've got a merch coming in in the fall which, where you'll get discounts. We have a Slack chat forum that is just bursting with hot takes and opinions on transfers and, and all that, yeah, uh, particularly during league. the season. Yeah, we and there's a knockout league, all sorts of fun stuff. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash always cheating and throw, throw a couple coins in the jar to support what Josh and I do here at Always Cheating. And if you do so, you get invited to what is my favorite way, I think, predicting – my favorite way to enjoy the World Cup, where you're not picking uh, these elaborate fantasy squads, you're just picking teams. The way we've set it up is according to FIFA rankings, and we've got eight different pots. Um, so it's not like the the uh, eight different groups in World Cup. Pot one, Germany, Brazil, Belgium, Portugal. Pot two, Argentina, Switzerland, France, Spain, and on down the line. So you get to point uh, pot eight, and you've got the worst four teams in the tournament. No offense, Japan, South Korea, Russia, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so uh, set and forget. All you have to do is pick one team from each of the eight pots, and the rest is up to us. We just keep score of of how many points your your picks get for wins and draws, yeah. bonus points for the advancing ranked, through the tournament yeah, exactly the lower ranked teams get more points um uh if they win games later on you know it's sort of we're trying right. to the encourage art, people to take some risks yeah the art of the game is is much like in, in a lot of fantasy is how do you pick in the margins um pot five croatia iceland sweden costa rica maybe whoever picks right there has got a better chance but and, and I say the best for last. Whoever wins our Patreon Set and Forget uh, League is getting a one hundred dollar digital gift card to WorldSoccerShop.com. Josh, we talked a bit about um, what would be a good prize. Should we offer a, a shirt of your choice? Well, we're just going to give you the uh, the money, the yeah. hundred bucks. Go yeah. buy whatever you want at WorldSoccerShop.com. Exactly. Yeah. If you haven't been to World Soccer Shop, they've got basically every kit you could possibly think of. I kind of want the Peru kit, man. That that's like I think that's what I. If I win this, I'm going to give myself uh, that that I'm going to rig this, Brandon, so that I win, so that I can get yeah. a the 1982 Peru World Cup kit because it's it's so awesome. There you go. Seventy eight kit that's awesome. It's one of the one of the two. Where do you fall? Speaking of kits, where do you fall in uh, the Nigeria jersey? I feel like that's been a little device. There's there is um, what do you call it? Some backlash on the Nigeria kit now. Um, I I don't know. It's I'm not like a big green kit person in general, uh, which is funny because I went to Michigan State. But it's I I don't I don't love it. It's too Mm -hmm. the chevrons, right? It's a little too yeah. It's a little. I, I like. I actually like a Chevron design. <laughs> this is like we're getting. We will eventually talk about groups A through D here. Um, we're going to talk I, about the uh, the many years you spent uh, as an architecture understudy. Is that right? You're in all your design theory <laughs> that came from that. There is like one really cool stock photo that I'm looking at. Where like, if like if you're a model, you probably look good in this kits. But I think everyone else. I'm looking at Alex Awobi right now, and he doesn't look that look that awesome. So, uh, not feeling it, Brandon. It's a thumbs down for me. Okay, so we've got two other ways to enjoy the World Cup. We've got the Patreon Set and Forget League. What else do we have? We have the official FIFA World Cup game. Uh, if you were on Twitter today or Facebook or our Slack channel, uh, you saw me uh, going on and on about this. We have created our own 
uh, our own league uh, within the um, within the game. Uh, if you would like to join that league, uh, you can either uh, check out the auto join links, which are which are all over the internet. Um, I really I really like I really went for it today, Brandon, with with posting. Uh, you, or you, you can s- just you, s- you said you gave it an uppercut. I thought I that did. was an was incredible metaphor. Um, and uh, or you can just use league code uh, C five E D. L-K-U-X. Nobody wrote that down, but just, just so you know, that's that's the lead code. Um, we'll jam that into our, uh, our our like Twitter and Facebook bio yeah, so you can find it there. Just find yeah, us on social. Maybe put it in the description for the for the for this episode, too. Yeah, just click the show notes on the podcast. Good yeah. idea, Josh. Uh, and we already have 101 members in that league, which is which is great. I mean, for a league that just started a few hours ago. So um, we have a cool prize for that, too. Because we are a an English Premier League focused podcast, ultimately, the winner of our FIFA League will get invited onto the podcast to do a preview of a team of their choice going into next season. So if you want to talk about Fulham or you want to talk about Manchester United, whoever you want to talk about, you will be invited on the podcast to a preview pod with us. So, what if I want um, to talk about the defunct MLS team, the Tampa Bay Mutiny? Yeah, or the indoor carpet team, the Detroit City Rockers. You've got lots of options. You can talk. Yeah, so you, I guess you could talk. You could talk about a team that wasn't um, that wasn't a Premier League team. But we would probably bury that uh, <laughs> like at the hour and forty minute yeah, mark. If of you want to be in the prime the prime time uh, broadcast slot of always yeah. cheating, pick a team that has carries some FPL weight to it. Right. Exactly. So join the official FIFA World Cup game. Uh, we'll be talking about that more. We're, so we're going to do two podcasts before the World Cup kicks off next week. This is a uh, group A through D preview. Uh, next week we'll do E through H. And um, in that podcast we'll talk a little bit more about the um, the game itself. There's some interesting – I don't know if you've taken a look, Brandon. There, there's some interesting wrinkles. Um, you know, I've started to take a look at the the prices a little bit. There's some there's some interesting – you know, some some people seem a little undervalued in here. Like, you know, we're actually going to talk about Denmark in this podcast. And, you know, Christian Eriksen's available for, for $9 million, which is um, a pretty insane price for someone who is like, you know, basically the entire attack is being run through Eriksen for, for, um, for Denmark. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of edge there. Um, it's kind of fun. Just for the moment, I have Lionel Messi um, as one of my forwards. And I've never been able to put Messi on one of my fantasy teams before. So It's been a long-time dream of yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have Sergio Ramos in my team right now. Boo. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's, uh, what, have, you, have you taken a look at it, Eddie? Yeah, Brian, uh, yeah I, I've got an auto-populated team. I mean, for anyone who's gone to the McDonald's site already, it is... It bears some resemblance to the traditional FPL game. I, I guess I put traditional in scare quotes. But beyond that, it's kind of overwhelming. It, it um, Because you I'm, don't know 60% of the players, right? It, yeah, at best. <laughs> it's a stressful at thing. Best, at best. <laughs> what, I, what I was intrigued by is the scoring system. So the, score, the scoring system is quite similar to FPL. But cool things like if you win a penalty you automatically get two points now as we know if if you win a penalty in a premier league game with with the fantasy game you might not walk away with any points if whoever takes the penalty misses or it's saved and that's really annoying so just the act of winning a penalty gets you two points in the mcdonald's game which i think is cool also yeah minus really one going on about this before the we even talked about this before the podcast this is you were don't, don't, I, I wish we could go back and record our uh, re-record our post-mortem because i think that is a that's a great improvement to the fpl game i'm yeah, just i'm just thinking out loud here yep 
the final version, uh, the final way you can play fantasy with us uh, this this summer is Starting Eleven. Starting Eleven is a daily fantasy app. Uh, they have a brand new World Cup version, which is available on iOS right now. If you if you have a version. Um, it hasn't been updated yet. You just need to go into the iOS and your, your Apple store or the Android store and get that updated. Um, or you can just visit starting11.io. There's a lot of information there about the Daily Fantasy game. Uh, you can play it for, for money in many places. Um, and Yeah, you can available. play it for money now Now in Germany for the first time. Uh, the cash game is available in Germany, which is awesome. Also in UK, Canada, and I think now 33 states in the U.S., have access to the starting 11 money game anywhere else in the world you can play for free um and if you if you're queuing up a starting 11 matchup feel free to shoot me or josh a direct message on social media we'd yep. love to play you and and just real quick um the the fun thing about starting 11 is you can make live in-game substitutions and the fact that it's daily fantasy you can just refresh your squad every day and um make it something new based on what games you're excited to be watching and, and particularly in the group stages when there are so many matches happening at once all right so that's it three different ways to play uh the patreon one is uh is set and forget uh the and, and you you win a hundred dollar gift card you also support the podcast FIFA World Cup game, you get invited on the podcast. Starting eleven, the reasonable man's way to play the game. If you're, if you want to just enjoy the matches and then pop on for a little extra juice from time to time, maybe maybe like <laughs> maybe there's like some boring Group C matches going on, you know, and you're like, you know what, I just want like a little something extra right now. Uh, that's a little extra juice, exactly. <laughs> Smoking uh, like a man who has a problem. <laughs> I have, I do have a gambling problem. I know gambling being legalized in the United States is such a bad, such bad news for me. Um, all right, let's get right into our previews, Brandon. Uh, yeah. I spent a lot of time on these, as did you. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I learned a lot. Um, I think I learned a lot. My hope is that people listening to this podcast might learn a fraction of what I did because you're all probably much smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing I will note. I have listened to a lot of podcast World Cup previews already. Um, and I have, I get a little distracted. Um, like I, I've sort of drifted away a little bit during them because maybe because I just don't know the players that well, this podcast will not be quite like that podcast. Um, it'll be a lot more focused on the fantasy game. So we're going to highlight, we're going to talk about the countries themselves because I think that's important, but we are going to highlight key players as well. So we want to keep at least one hand in the fantasy world. It's also just a way to like, to focus this stuff because otherwise it's like, yeah. You know, you can just go on and on about like, you know, Russia's injuries or whatever. You, can just, you know, it's like each one of these, each one of these teams, you could do a whole yeah. podcast on. You know, so Sc- scanning through our running order here, I think the thing that is I'm most excited about and will be most useful to our listeners is we've noted the nation's team's nickname in, right. in, in all these groups. So stick around for nothing else other than what the nick is for all these nations. <laughs> and we had a question at the top from uh, who got the assist who said, uh, who is the number one player you hope stays anonymous for pronunciation reasons? <laughs> I mean, I I wrote up a little preview of Croatia and there are a lot of itches happening there. And um, I mean, as in names ending in, and that could get me in a fair amount of trouble. Um, but actually, now that I'm thinking of it, um, Iceland, the, their names are bananas. They <laughs> yeah. have they have diacritics that I have not seen in all my years of using the symbol map on Microsoft Word. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I, I had an issue. I, I, you know, I got um, 
Saudi Arabia. We, we sort of broke this up, you and I, as before we did this podcast, and it, we each took different groups. Um, and uh, I had saw the Saudi Arabia team, and I was like, man, I'm going to, like, really insult some people, like, if I'm not careful. Like, I, I really want to be, like, polite and, like, say the names correctly. And I was even, like, saying them in my head in advance so that yeah. I was, like, so, you know, not, I'm, I'm still going to mess them up, though. I, I feel like now that pop culture TV movie podcasts are so popular these days, there is the standard spoiler alert warning. So instead of a spoiler alert warning, we just need to broadcast mispronunciation alert <laughs> right. if yeah. you. If you're you averse to mispronunciations, just uh, skip ahead 15 minutes um, <laughs> when I'll be talking for 30 minutes about what happened to the U.S. national team. <laughs> right. Yeah, that should, maybe that'll maybe we'll actually do that as a Patreon um, pod later on this uh, summer. What, what, what postmortem? Yeah. Uh, all right. So the first team, uh, we're starting with Group A. First club is Russia. Their team nickname is the National Team. Uh, pretty exciting. <laughs> That's so team Russian. Nickname. That's like the most Russian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it is. Uh, Russia has you know a, a somewhat mixed uh, history in European competitions. They did make the semifinals of the 1966 World Cup. Uh, the big story with Russia is that they have uh, so their FIFA rank is 66. Uh, they have zero wins in their last seven friendlies. They uh, drew one with Turkey this week. Um, you know. At a glance, Russia is a team that um, a lot of people have been writing some very negative stuff about. Uh, I would I would just warn people not to um, not to underestimate Russian nationalism, uh, which is a which <laughs> hey, anyone if anyone's who, fought a war on the Eastern Front, they right, will not exactly. be underestimating yeah, this. Napoleon, Hitler, all of these people will tell you not to underestimate Russian nationalism. There is no way that Vladimir Putin is going to allow this team not to get out of the first round. Okay, it's going to happen. <laughs> he has there is that no... much power. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's not even that much power. You know, that's one, true. One, one crooked ref. That's all it'll take. Yeah, uh, that was that was my one hesitation signing up for the McDonald's game. Is now I have an email account with FIFA.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so they they are. Um, the the de- the defense is a bit of a concern. Um, you know, I, I if I were um, looking at some fantasy assets, I they have serious injury problems throughout the defense. Um, I do like that they have a Brazilian guy named Mario Fernandez uh, who plays defense for them. That's kind fits, of fun. Fits right in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, the defense is uh, is where I, you know it's not where I would be looking if I were looking to bring in Russians. Um, you know, they have a pretty easy group, however. So, I mean, it's possible they get a clean sheet just from you know, the, the Saudi Arabia match or the Egypt match. Uh, there could be a potential for a clean sheet there. Some hot balls in the, the draw of that group. A host <laughs> nation definitely gets gets favored there. It is an, it is the worst group. We're, we're starting off at the, the, at the bottom of the totem pole here. Um, <laughs> so uh, the midfielders. Who, who, else, who else am I looking at? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the one player you may have heard of on this team is uh, Alan Jagoev, who... Um, you know, he's struggled with some injuries this year. He did pick up an assist at midweek versus Turkey. Um, if you feel like, you know, there's, there's some potential for, um, you know, some, some like possible scoring potential here with the Russians. Um, I would look at Jagoev or maybe Smoloff, uh, Fyodor Smoloff. He's a six foot two, 28 year old striker. He had 14 goals and six assists and 24 appearances in the Russian league this yeah. year. Um, and then he has he's 12 goals and 32 appearances for the Russian national team as well. So, um, you know, someone to maybe keep an eye on as well. I, I think it would be smart to have someone uh, from Russia in your fantasy team. I think uh, Alexander Golovin is another yeah. uh, another person. He's a midfielder. He's um, had seven goals and six assists on 43 appearances for Cisco Moscow this year. 
Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about Russia, Brandon? Are you well? I I totally agree in that it would be smart to find a value proposition attacking for Russia because they play Saudi Arabia in the opening match of the tournament. The atmosphere is always super electric because of the opening ceremonies, and they're probably going to get you know all the all the street people up from uh, Red Square in for this game. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if they have street people in Red Square. I'm sure R- Russia is a lovely country. Um, uh, it, it's almost guaranteed that Russia scores a goal against Saudi Arabia. And, and, right. and I think those are easy points for you to get in, your, in the opening of your fantasy squad. Yeah. Zhagoev, to me, is the, is the one, is the, is the clear favorite here. Partially because, you know, and I guess we're talking kind of through the lens of the the McDonald's game right now, or I guess daily fantasy too. Um, but you know, I really think that, um, with the forward line, there's, there's almost too many great options. I mean, there are just so, so many, we're going to get to, uh, the Uruguay strikers in a moment. I mean, there are just so many top talents. Uh, but I think the midfield is a little trickier. It's a little trickier to fill out your squad. Yeah. So I think, uh, Jaco ever Golovin are two players to, to look at there. Okay, cool. Saudi Arabia, uh, FIFA rank sixty-seven, just just nicking right below, right below. You dropped your you dropped your drink. You're so excited. Um, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> uh, sixty-seven. They are they are nicknamed uh, the Falcons or the Green. I prefer uh, the Green. I prefer the Green as well. Um, this is their first time qualifying for the World Cup since two thousand six, uh, and their best result was a round of sixteen finish in the nineteen ninety four World Cup. You're really getting a lot of history in this podcast, aren't you, Brandon? This is really I, uh, I love it. You're yeah. just it's it's like uh, you're just plugging plugging all this knowledge right into my brain. <laughs> uh, Michael Cox, uh, we should note, called this possibly the worst team in the competition. Uh, they uh, lost Shots three. Shots fired by Michael Cox. <laughs> no, he went. He went for it, uh, and that was not the worst thing he said about them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. They lost three uh, zero in their last friendly to Peru. Um, here's an interesting story about Saudi Arabia. They sent their three best attackers. This is that's uh, Salim uh, Al Dasari, uh, Yara Al Sheri, and uh, Fahad Al Mawalad. Uh, okay. I'm so sorry to my our Saudi Arabian I, I think you're doing an ad. I, I, just, as I a, need as to a, say <laughs> that because they're cringing right now. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, they uh, all, all three of those players uh, went on loan to La Liga clubs for the second half of the season. You know, and the idea was they would uh, you know compete in in one of the top leagues in Europe. Okay. Um, and they had two total appearances between them. Uh, mm-hmm. So it did not. And that one of those clubs really was Levante. Out. It wasn't like they were just hanging on the bench at Real Madrid. Um, you can't get into matches at Levante, something, you know. I'm sure they saw quite, some beautiful countryside in Spain, though. I'm sure they did. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, wasn't that just for sheer, like, landscapes? The La Liga is the league to be in, right? I think so. Just yeah. kind of sun Italy, drenched. And, yeah. yeah. Italy, you'd get the Alps, and you'd get, like, you know, you'd get... Um, Napoli too, you know. So, hey, I'm kind of a Highland guy myself. Maybe I'm maybe I'm heading for the Scottish Premier League. You want to play all your matches in like a 60 minute within a 60 minute drive in a kilt. <laughs> uh, so their three best attackers uh, don't have any match fitness. Um, you know, not they don't have a lot of tournament experience. They've been losing their 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 uh, friendlies in the lead up. Um, the one player uh, to watch is uh, is their forward Mohamed Al Sawi. Uh, Al Salawi, excuse me. Uh, he had 28 goals. Uh, he has 28 goals and 39 caps for the Saudi uh, national team. Um, he had uh, 11 goals, three assists, and 20 appearances for his club team. Um, I think realistically, I just don't see a lot of value um, 
anywhere in the Saudi Arabia squad. Um, I would probably it's just given that given that there's 32 teams, yeah. you know, you can only have so many players in your squad anyway. I would probably just stay away. Yeah, I mean, root. For, I love to root for the underdog and root for the green. <laughs> root. Yeah, and I also love to root for the green. I know you really despise green jerseys, but I think I'm going to be <laughs> pulling for Saudi Arabia pretty hardcore in this group. Are you? Okay. All right. Are you going to pick them in the uh, set and forget game? You know, I I might. Uh, Egypt, I think, stands out as a, as a fan favorite in this group, but the Mo Salah question mark over his injury, which I'm sure we'll get to when you preview Egypt here in a sec. Uh, yeah. I hadn't me, heard of this me. guy, by the way. When I, in Mo- my research, I found out about this guy, Mohamed Salah. He's amazing. What a player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should really Where check he him out. He's he's got he's to gotta get a... The Premier League running at some point, right? He's I know. I mean, he's been languishing at Roma for too long. <laughs> um, I mean, he's, he needs a move to the Premier League. So uh, we get we come to Egypt uh, in Group A. Uh, FIFA rank is 46. Um, they were the runner-up at the t- uh, 2017 African Cup of Nations. Uh, this is their first World Cup since 1990. I know they've had some some near misses. Bob Bradley uh, was was perfect in the first round of qualifying. Yeah. I don't really the way they set up qualifying in Africa for World Cup is like a little uh, yeah. chancy. I don't know why they do it that way. They have all these qualifying, and then, then they just play these two legged matches. And if you give a bad yeah. matchup, you're you're out. So well, and and then the Egyptian team under Bob Bob Bradley just went through that horrifying um, incident, which they got locked in the stadium, and there were right. people just trying to kill right. them. Just terrifying yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the issue here is, uh, you know, Salah, of course, um, you know, amazing. One of the one of the all time great Premier League seasons. Um, you know, he's supposed to be ready, um, but his fitness, um, you know, is still to be determined. There's, you know, they keep coming out with stuff, but I honestly, I mean, you can't believe what you're reading right now. I mean, they would say yeah. anything, right? I mean, there's things they would. Charlie say. Charlie Austin was out exciting. for almost an entire season. With a uh, dislocated shoulder. Yeah, I have dislocated my shoulder. I've personally done that before, and it is it is not an easy recovery. I mean, you know, and I wasn't running six <laughs> yeah. miles in you know ninety minutes. <laughs> just on your way to your temp job. Yeah, I was just I was in college at the time. I fell on a flight <laughs> of stairs. So um, yeah, Salah has played great for. Have I ever told you that story? I'll tell you that story sometime. Uh, much like the story when I, when I sprained my ankle falling downstairs here in New York. Save it for the um, that's Patreon podcast. Another good Josh. story. Yeah. Uh, he's played great for Egypt. Uh, Thirty-three goals in fifty-seven caps. Uh, we all love Mo Salah, of course. Yes. Um, you know they're really limping into the tournament, though. Uh, they have one goal in their last four friendlies. Uh, that includes a three-nothing loss to Belgium on Wednesday. Uh, it's a very defensive approach. Uh, their approach is really uh, to keep it tight, uh, try to catch Salah on the break. Um, I mean, you know, they, there could be some value in their defense. I actually think that uh, I have I have uh, Ahmed Hagazi in my team right now. Sure. Um, and uh, they only they only conceded 18 goals in manager Hector Cooper's first 32 games in charge. So, um, you know, the, the defense is pretty tight. Um, I love that they have a 45-year-old goalkeeper. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, that's <laughs> he is. So you, you glossed over the fact that they are the Pharaohs, uh, the, ah, the right. nickname. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I do feel like the OG Pharaoh has got to be the 45-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah, I think. Uh, or is he, yeah, or is he right. a sphinx? <laughs> I don't know. It's like where I feel like we're almost getting into racist territory here, Brandon. Okay, let's we're move almost, on. Yeah, we're <laughs> um, so they. Um, these are wonders the, of the world, Josh. There, there are players. You, yeah, that's true. That's true. You may have heard of some of these guys. We mentioned Hagazi. Obviously, you know Mo Salah. Um, 
Mohamed El Nenny is an interesting option. He's a you know kind of a sneaky good attacker. Um, anyone you know when he plays in a more um, upfront position, he can he can actually score some goals. And um, he's kind of like I remember when John Mikel Obi had like that crazy goal scoring run a few years ago. Um, sure, at Chelsea. Like, Wait, what are these? No, this is when he was playing for his national team though. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, who, I guess he never scored goals for Chelsea. That was the whole thing. Yeah, and then when he was when he actually played for Nigeria, it was like they played him up front, and he was like, he was like he turned into uh, you know Didier Drogba. It was it was amazing. Um, so uh, Mohamed El Neni, sneak attacker, five goals for Egypt, um, probably about that number for Arsenal over the last three years or so. Uh, there's Ramadan Sobi, who um, you know another name you recognize. He is really you know he's highly regarded. He's still pretty young, but he's never really impressed uh, at Stoke and. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like he you know. he does bring a touch of class to that Stoke City, the that poorly relegated Stoke City squad, and I did find it surprising that he never broke really broke into that team. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe it was just because they had these like super old school English uh, managers, you know. Sure. <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, who knows? Well, I guess you have the English, opportunity you know, to play uh, Jeff yeah. Cameron. You've got to take it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, forwards, there's really no non-Sala uh, forwards to, to pay attention to. But speaking of forwards, Brandon, the last uh, the last club in Group A is Uruguay. Um, by far the uh, the class of Group A. Um, their FIFA rank is number is seven, number seventeen. Their FIFA rank is seventeen. Uh, their nickname is La Celeste, um, mm-hmm. aka the Sky Blues. Legendary World Cup overachievers, as we all know. Um, they won the 1930 World Cup, 1950 World Cup, um, finished in the uh, semifinal stages of the 2010 World Cup. Um, that's really when I fell in love with Uruguay. I think a lot of us did. Diego Forlan, you know, was just oh, yeah. amazing. One of the most beautiful men to ever play uh, the beautiful game. Luis Suarez told the, stole the, you know, like basically like he, he took the heart. It was like it was like a Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom moment at the end of the Uruguay Ghana match when Luis Suarez just, you know, broke them, right? Intentional handball, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. missed the penalty afterwards. Uh, anyway, I love, I love this club. Yeah. I mean, the country, like, it's like 3.5 million people in the country. Um, and they're led by, they have, they have three players that I'm really excited about, um, all of whom I would love to actually, you know, I, I, realistically I'm probably only going to have one of, one of these two forwards in my fantasy squad, but I can almost guarantee that, I mean, the first player in your fantasy squad really should be one of Luis Suarez and uh, Edinson Cavani because they're in a really bad group. They're the best team in that group. The defenses are not impressive in this group. Um, Edison Cavani has got 42 goals and 100 caps. Uh, Luis Suarez has 50 goals and 97 caps. Um, you know, it's, uh, and they're fun players, you know, for to boot. Um, not, not a lot to see in the midfield. Uh, and then in defense, you've got uh, Diego Godin, who is um, Atletico Madrid defender, Uruguay team captain. Um, you know, many people know him from scoring some really ma- massive goals and crucial times for um, Atletico Madrid in the year that they won the league, which I think was like four years ago now. Um, and uh, I know he scored a, he scored a goal in the final match of the season to draw with Barcelona and win the league. Um, and then they, I remember he scored. I think it was either the first goal or the equalizing goal in their. 
um, in their Champions League final two against Real Madrid. So oh, you are um, a powerhouse of Diego Godin knowledge. Today, I am Josh. a big fan. I really like Diego Godin. Um, so uh, yeah, a big fan of Diego Godin. He's also on my team right now. Um, of God, so, obviously. <laughs> so what do you think about Uruguay? Do you have any? Uh, I, any I, thoughts? I, I, I think you're spot on there. That Uruguay is a must from the fantasy perspective because they are just going to sweep up through this group, which um, is otherwise kind of terrible. It is. It will be a, a real shame if Mo Salah doesn't get a run out at all during the group stage and Egypt just falls no. away. Um, because Mo Salah is a fantasy option. Not, not, not for like league, right? Not for... If you're if you're doing the McDonald's game, the FIFA game, you can't you can't have Mosala, right? It's just too risky. No, no, yeah. And I guess I'm not I guess I'm not suggesting from the fantasy perspective, just um it would be nice to see Sala compete against a team as stacked as Uruguay just for supremacy in a group like this. But as it stands, it looks like Uruguay is a runaway favorite. Yeah. All right, Brandon, I'm going to take a break from talking for take a second. A, take a break. Relax. It's <laughs> on to group B. That's B for Brandon. This is my special group. Um, and uh, this group is really interesting because we have two powerhouses, uh, European powerhouses, Portugal and Spain. And they play each other in the, the first match of of Group B play, and it's it's really going to determine how the the group unfolds. Um, And I think, so Spain versus Portugal, and then the other matches, Iran versus Morocco. And if you're Iran and Morocco, you feel like you have to win um, when you're playing when you're playing in that match because you have to have three points going in facing then Portugal and Spain if you have any chance of surviving the group. So I feel like the opening two matches of Group B are just going to be insanely good. Um, uh, I am hopeful of that. So, yep, Portugal, uh, hilarious nickname, the Navigators. It just makes me think of that. Disney movie in which Pee Wee Herman voices <laughs> the, the spaceship flight of the navigator. Yeah. I, I somehow did not know that was Portugal's nickname. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe Google really screwed me on that one, but I'm pretty sure there are the navigators and they're flying high after their victory at <laughs> well the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not my fault. <laughs> uh, they're flying high after their uh, win at the Euros in 2016. The worst, yeah, the, the, you mean the worst tournament ever? Oh yeah. So you know, I'm not. Drag. I'm not really buying this FIFA rank of number four. Um, I mean, they do have arguably the best player in the world in Ronaldo. We don't really need to talk about him, but sure. it, it, we're we're uh, in the dying stages of the NBA finals right now in which all the headlines are LeBron um, is like falling to his knees under the weight of carrying this team all the way through the NBA (laughs) playoffs. And that is, that is, I mean, we're going to see a lot of that in the world cup. I think like looking at Messi um, with the uh, really dysfunctional Argentina squad. And of course, Ronaldo with Portugal, I do not expect Portugal to be high flying just on the basis of what they did in the Euros in 2016. Um, my lasting memory of Por- Portugal speaking of the World Cup, though, is you, me, uh, in my apartment, watching the U.S. Uh, take the lead off of a uh, a Jermaine Jones wonder strike oh, in yeah. the second That's half, amazing. Amazing only, only for the U.S. to totally blow it uh, in the in the, I think it was the 93rd or 95th minute of extra time to uh, get a draw. Yeah. They still yeah. knocked Portugal out in the, in the uh, group stages there. Pretty hairy, if I recall. Pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. 
So uh, recent warm-up uh, friendlies for Portugal. They drew against Tunisia 2-2, scoreless against Belgium. I guess to, to hold a team like Belgium scoreless, these these are just tune-up matches. I don't want to read too much into them, but um, I guess that speaks uh, somewhat well to Portugal's organization. But their defense is pretty crusty. Um, Pepe, the m- murderous marauder who used to be in, in the back for Real Madrid. I am, I am so excited to see Pepe and Diego Costa in this opening match just, just pull each other's limbs off and, and beat each other to death with them. I think it's, it's going to be, <laughs> will be amazing. Really amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you have, uh, you have um, um, uh, Sergio Ramos in that game, too. Yeah, there there will be a, definitely a lot of a lot of murderous activity happening in, in the opening game. Uh, shocking omission from the Portugal squad: the game eater, uh, eater, <laughs> former Swansea striker who scored the, See, the game the good winning eater goal. Or the bad eater. He's the bad eater, the bad eater. So he's he's not in the squad. But um, check out thirty-four-year-old veteran striker Ricardo Cresma, who is now playing at Besiktas. And he is an old man at 34, but he is all about flair play. Um, when I was doing a little bit of research, I found a, a recent Rabona assist that Ricardo had in um, recent league play. Beautiful. So he may actually be the one feeding Ronaldo all of the assists that he'll be scoring from, assuming Ronaldo does score goals. So ch- uh, check out Ricardo Quaresma. Um, West Ham is apparently big in Portugal, Josh. Jao Mario and Jose Fonts on the squad, and uh, William Carvalho. Uh, he lost out on a loan deal to West Ham recently, but now he's linked what to Everton. Jose, what happened to Jose Font? Wasn't he like he made that loan move and then he like lost his place in the squad? Right? Yeah, I think I think during the transfer window, oh, oh, West Ham told yeah they told him he oh. had no place left in the team, and he he peaced yeah, he's out. Playing for a, he's playing for a Chinese club now. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a couple of other uh, familiar FPL faces here: Bernardo Silva from Manchester City and Cedric Suarez of yeah. Southampton. So, um, so you know, Silva some... really came on well at the end of the season. I I wasn't a, a huge fan of Silva the first half of the year. I I don't know. I mean, maybe just not a huge fan of him from him from like a fantasy perspective. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he has actually like a player you could see me having like a sneaky good uh, World Cup, like kind of like. Um, um, who's the player in Colombia? Um, I can't remember forgetting his name right now. Who was amazing four years ago? James um, Rodriguez. Thank you. Yes, I, I could see Bernardo Silva having a James Rodriguez yeah, type. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's Portugal in a nutshell, and then Spain, La Roja, the Reds, uh, or, or something to that effect. FIFA rank number eight. <laughs> um, I think Spain is probably a dark horse. A, a a dork house. Spain is probably a dark <laughs> horse to go quite far in the World Cup. I mean, uh, granted, it's Spain, so I don't know how dark that horse actually is. But um, yeah, they're definitely one of the favorites. Yeah, like, they they five. just have yeah. an amazing, amazing looking team, and we'll all remember that uh, match against the Netherlands opening up their 2014 World Cup, where yep. uh, Van Persie scored that wonder the diving Van header. Goal. One, one of the, in my opinion, possibly the all time. Greatest World Cup goal since I've been watching the World Cup. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I haven't had that caveat. Yep. Since yeah. I've been watching. I, I did not see the hand of God. 
or the or the Fair. the you know the other the other goal that uh, oh my god Maradona stop me Maradona's great goal in the eighty six <laughs> quarterfinal. Yeah, I, I do wonder if Spain was just going through a, hey, we won the World Cup four years ago sort of hangover. Um, so we will not let that cloud our judgment here. So recent results, they drew against Switzerland on Sunday, and they're going to play Tunisia in their final tune-up this Saturday. So uh, I guess check out who's who's scoring goals, who's starting in defense. Uh, obviously, David De Gea is going to be the big man in goal for Spain, a very popular fantasy pick, though. He is the only goalkeeper in the McDonald's game who's priced at 6.5, which is kind of a finger in the eye to all of us. Bit steep, bit steep for a keeper. <laughs> Uh, hugely talented midfield. Um, I'm going to go out here on a limb, Josh, and recommend mm-hmm. uh, Isco and David Silva for mm-hmm. uh, for picks there in Spain. I think that might yeah. do okay. But um, my my bold prediction with Spain is I think they will probably only do as well as Diego Costa does in settling into the tournament. Wow. I think he could um, be scoring lots of goals for Spain. I think so they'll you, lean. You think Lima. he's the starter then? He, he's the starting uh, forward for them. Yeah, I would suspect so. I mean, as as much as one can predict these lineups, but I mean, who else is going to start up front for them? I don't know. Um, I need to see a, a squad sheet, but um, I nobody, mean, you got you've got uh, Rodrigo. Uh, I mean, these guys I have like a working knowledge, they less than working <laughs> yeah. knowledge. Of. Yeah, of course, Rodrigo of course. from Valencia, uh, Lucas Vasquez, who has just six caps with Spain. Real Madrid striker. Oh, my favorite, um, Iago Aspas. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah, a, Liverpool. A yeah. Brief Liverpool. All, bears a striking resemblance to um, uh, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. I'm just totally, <laughs> totally does. fascinated by Iago Aspas. <laughs> he is definitely not going to be starting um, up, up yeah. front for Spain. Maybe. I mean, I, I know he's actually um, come on and done very well in his stint at Celta Vigo now, so I could see uh, (laughs) Aspas. Iniesta's, speaking of old people, Iniesta's last World Cup, so uh, pour a little out for old Iniesta. I will. Uh, Real quick, these other two teams in Group B, Iran, uh, great team nickname, Team Melly. I'm not sure where that actually comes from. Ranked 36 in the world. Uh, They've finished last in their group in 2014 against Argentina, Nigeria, and Bosnia. And I remember their kind of heartbreaking match against Argentina in which they were playing just um, really stalwart defense and Messi scored a a worldy curling shot from outside the box in the 91st minute to to take three points off Iran. In their last two friendlies, uh, Greece and Kosovo, they were both canceled. Uh, I've got some political issues there. Uh, Greece... That one of those matches was meant to be played in Turkey, and there are some political issues between Greece and Turkey, as far as I understand it. So that was called off. So match fitness could be an issue here for our Iran because they're having trouble uh, setting up some friendlies ahead of the World Cup. Um, other recent results, they beat Uzbekistan and uh, lost to Turkey, who we were just speaking about in friendlier, friendlies earlier in May. Players to watch out for. Their star player is um, going to be at home in Russia. He plays for Ruben Kazan, Sadir Azmun, and he's been struggling with injury this uh, season, but he's a 23-year-old kid. I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, 23-year-olds with an opportunity to 
to show what they're made of at the World Cup, uh, that injury is not not going to be so serious that he he won't have a, an opportunity to shine. He scored twenty three total goals for Iran. That's, that's you, the most. You talked about going to Ruben Kazan on a scouting mission. Did you actually get out there, or has that happened yet? Um, I flew a drone over the Ruben <laughs> Kazan training pitch, so basically yeah, all my insights are, are from there. Uh, last thing about Iran, Ashkan Dejaga. Uh, totally forgot about this guy. Triggered me going back to Fulham's relegation season. Ashkan, actually not a bad player for Fulham that season. He'd come on as a, a late-game sub and, and do pretty well. But um, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that, that that's all passed and Fulham are now back in the, the Premier League. A- Ashkan is one of those tough names that's, that's unfortunately, in, in, in English translation, doesn't... Uh... Yeah, not fantastic. Yeah, uh, Morocco Lions of the Atlas. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> Ranked forty-two of the world Lions of the Atlas. They drew recently against Ukraine and beat Slovakia two-one last week. Players to watch out here for Morocco: Hakim Ziyech, twenty-five-year-old star midfielder at Ajax. He scored nine goals for Ajax this season. Other Moroccan players, Ayub El Kabi, he uh, scored in the recent Slovakia match and was also Morocco's leading scorer in this year's African Nations Championship. Josh, pop quiz for you. Things I learned in researching um, African Nations for the World Cup. You've got uh, the tournament I think we're more familiar with, the African Cup of Nations. The world's largest international tournament. Yep. And then, the oldest, the, not <laughs> then you have the not Then you have the African Nations Championship. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The African Nations Championship, in which our man uh, Ayub El Kabi scored nine nine goals. Only players who play in Africa's domestic leagues can participate mm-hmm. in the African Nations Championship. Um, other if, interesting differentials. I, I get the sense that Morocco um, might be a good cheap defender team mm-hmm. so uh we've got a veteran 34 a veteran 31 year old uh defender from juventus uh medhi banatia and also on the uh younger side 19 year old akraf hakimi who is uh the understudy for marcelo and carvajal at real madrid hmm. okay all right so it's interesting options morocco to me i feel like I, you know, I feel like everyone's just penciling um, um, Spain and Portugal into the uh, into the next round here, but I, I, I do wonder if um, if Morocco in particular could could sneak past them. Uh, could sneak. I, I I don't see Spain. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine Spain not getting out of this group. But yeah, you know, I mean, if Portugal uh, loses badly in that first game to Spain, I mean, they could really be up against it. So yeah, and, um, and back to what I was saying about Iran. Um, I mean, just shooting from the hip here. Is match fitness going to be an issue for them? I think Morocco, you're right, stands out as the possible um, wild card here. Uh, Brandon, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back with groups C and D. Same old podcast, always she. Brandon, we're back. Group C. Group C is a good one, Brandon. This is maybe maybe the most fun group uh, of all the of all the World Cup groups in, in history. Wow, yeah, that's this great. Is the beginning of the World Cup. Yeah, I know. I've it starts to go here. There. Starts here with France. Uh, their FIFA rank is seven. They are Le Bleus. Or is it Le Bleu? Le Bleu. I don't know. Le Bleu. 
that was I good. That was, I not, never, that was pretty good. Never took French. That was pretty good. Uh, World Cup history. Uh, of course, they won the 1988 World Cup. They uh, runners up in 2006. Uh, finished in third place in 58, which we all remember, of course, and 86, which we don't remember quite as well. Um, Brandon, they are so insanely loaded. Uh, they have won their last three friendlies with goals from all over. Uh, Griezmann scored a goal. Dembele scored a goal. Giroud scored a goal. Pogba scored a goal. Mbappe. Um, it is... It's a Manchester City style attack. I mean, yeah. there is, you know, it's like from a fantasy perspective, you know, it's it's hard to know which player you want from the squad, but you've got to have one of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to actually, I'll go backwards here from the forwards back to the defense. So uh, you have Antoine Griezmann who, um, you know, I mean, everyone who follows uh, international football at all um, is, you know, is, is, you know, is aware that he's, you know, you know, fantastic player, star striker for Atletico Madrid. Uh, also say, top... say you're a Spanish person and you just follow domestic football. You've probably heard of him. If you, definitely in that case, yeah, domestic or international. Um, I'm just I'm just flying right now, Brian. I gotta, I gotta, I love I gotta it. Like, take a breath here. Yeah, you're vibing. Yeah, um, he was the uh, the top scorer in Euro 26. Um, scored 29 goals and 15 assists in 49 games for Atletico this season. That is kind of amazing, considering that Atletico, mm-hmm. you know, tends to set up pretty defensively. That is just a, a huge, huge haul. Uh, 20 goals in 53 camps for France. Now, you know, now they're talking about Griezmann maybe going to Man United um, this offseason, too. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I think he is a strong pick for the Golden Boot winner, Brandon. That is my that is my, my bet of the... Uh, that's my, that's my early bet wow. for the tournament. Griezmann okay, well, in, insert Golden Boot prediction sound effect here. <laughs> Uh, then we have uh, Kylian Mbappe, who should who should line up with him as well. Uh, Twenty one goals, sixteen and sixteen assists, and forty six appearances for uh, PSG this season. Um, you know, young, super highly rated player. Um, you look at the midfield. I mean, you've got you've got content. You know, Conte and Pogba, who everyone who follows the Premier League, you know, knows. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't count on attacking returns from either of them. I mean, obviously not Conte, but even Pogba. I just think with with the attacking options in this squad, um, I just don't see him being counted on to be. I mean, he'll like probably take some free kicks or whatever, like he always does, and sky at thirty feet over the bar. But um, you know, I don't see him as a great attacking asset. You've got Matuidi, who's uh, you know Juve midfielder, nine goals and sixty six caps for France. Blaze uh, Blaze Matuidi might be uh, a footballer most likely to also have like a grimy rap album in southern california like <laughs> what a that is a terrific rap name it blaze the tweety that is a great rap yeah that is a fantastic name uh thomas uh is it lamar or lemar i can't remember he's uh i think it's lamar yeah yeah lamar he dropped off after a big 2016-17 season i have to think all the stuff that happened with arsenal where he sort of went back and forth and whether he was going to go and uh, only he's had three goals and 10 assists and 30, 38 appearances for Monaco uh, this season. So probably stay away from uh, from Lamar or or Lemar. Um, in defense, um, you know, Benjamin Mende, great player and attacker, but probably not at full strength. Um, I only bring him up because it might be tempting to bring him in because we all know that he has, you know, a lot of attacking threat, but I would, I would plan to stay away. Um, yeah, so they have, um, you know, a pretty – pretty reasonable group um they play um australia peru and um and denmark and i i just i find it hard to to see them not winning this winning this group i could see maybe denmark uh you know gets them to first but i see a lot of goals from this team um and i mean they're just they're really crazy talented i mean i'm not actually sure that i'd see them winning the whole thing 
Um, but they're the kind of team that just on talent alone is going to get out of the group stage. Yeah, I agree. You wonder about how young this team is. I mean, there are some more ex- players more experienced than most, but the, these great players like Mbappe and Pogba, for for all intents and purposes, is still kind of a young player for this stage, uh, given what right. he's International game's different, yeah. Yeah, so you wonder if it, if they're going to get the Belgium treatment in uh, World Cup 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible, but they, they are even more talented than that Belgium team was. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, I think that they're definitely a dark horse to win the whole tournament and um, just, just on talent alone. So, cool. uh, you know, and then they've got, um, you know, our favorite Hugo Lloris backing him up, who had a pretty terrible season. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, I, I like, I, I still think he's a great keeper. I just, he just had a weird, I don't know why he was so shaky this year. Yeah, maybe his shorts were too big. <laughs> and that's probably what it was. He needs, yeah, he gets smaller. He needs smaller shorts. Get smaller <laughs> shorts, Hugo. All right, Australia FIFA rank number forty. They are the Socceroos, one of the great international nicknames. Right, nice uh, little pouches on the front of their shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're one of the one of the. That's one of the nicknames you probably knew going into this podcast. Most people did. Did you did you ever wear these tennis shoes when you were a little kid? Kangaroos or roos, and and they were called. They were branded as kangaroo shoes because they all had little zipper pockets on them. Sounds familiar. I I expended so much mental energy as a seven year old trying to figure out what I what I was meant to put in a pocket on a shoe. Yeah, what do you, the toothpick? I don't know. Yeah, it, uh, usually, it was usually a nickel. Oh, yeah, there's no room for a nickel. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Socceroos, World Cup mainstay of late, uh, not a lot to show for it. Uh, they did make the round of 16 in to, uh, 2006, uh, finished uh, 21st in 2010, 30th in 2014. Um, so, you know... They have some players that you've heard of. It's always kind of fun, right? When you, sure. you actually know a couple players. <laughs> hey, I know you. <laughs> it's uh, like going to a party and you don't think you're going to know anybody, <laughs> but then suddenly you do. So I have read that there are some concerns about the uh, Australia defense, but they have kept clean sheets in their last two matches. Uh, they played Columbia in the Czech Republic. Uh, Matt Ryan is their keeper. He had a terrific season at Brighton. Uh, you know, just And I don't think he, was, he wasn't very highly rated going into the season, but I think he really... Uh, impressed a lot of us. I, I was impressed. Were you impressed, Brandon? I was blown away. Well, didn't they pay quite a bit of money for him? Uh, yeah, I think he was one of, one of their. It was insane. <laughs> it, was like, it was like Gareth Bale esque money. No, I, I thought <laughs> he was. The, broke the Premier League transfer record. <laughs> I thought he was a sensational keeper for Brighton. I think he. you, you yeah. could attribute. Um, you know, I'm staying up. Lead, yeah, a number of points just to his save, so, or his play. Um, Trent Sainsbury is Australia's best center back. That's what the Guardian tells me, and that's all I can tell you about Trent Sainsbury. So trust the Guardian. If if you have not gone to – the Guardian has this fantastic um, player-by-player preview, group-by-group, team-by-team. It's the nicest one I've seen. It's definitely the most – well-designed, really clean, easy to go through. I don't know if you've looked at it yet, Brandon, but it's really I have. It is amazing. Yeah, just just go to your, your web browser and type in Guardian World Cup players. It'll come right up. It's yep. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, so really, much really research went in on it. Yeah, even if you're not planning to be hardcore about fantasy this this summer, it's just fun to read about all the different players. And they all have I, – I just love reading about this kind of stuff. I actually bought a magazine today, Brandon. I never do that. I bought, I bought this Soccer 360 magazine. 
because they okay. had this huge uh, they had this huge World Cup preview, and I was like, I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna read it. I'm just gonna read the whole thing, um, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm going all in right now. I'm just like so I'm so pumped about sure, the World print, Cup. Print media, even that's incredible. I know exactly. It was expensive. You know, magazines are too expensive. That's what it's, it's like this. It's, yeah. it's, it's really they're not free. Right? It's, I know. It's like yeah. it was ten dollars. Ten dollars for a well, magazine. Are you kidding that's me? too much. That's too. That's, that's not a magazine. That's a book. Yeah. I wasn't going to say like four ninety nine or something. I mean, t- you know, that would have been fine. Even yeah, seven ninety nine yeah. would have been okay. Uh, in the midfield, you have Aaron Moy, who uh, played quite well for Huddersfield all year. How you many know, magazines not- do you think Aaron Moy subscribes to at home? <laughs> or his wife? Red Book. Yeah, five? Sure. Red, bu- Red Book and Cosmopolitan. Red Book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you think he gets the New Yorker? That seems, that, I don't know. He's no, he's, he's a New York Magazine guy. He he likes to keep <laughs> it a little more middle brow. Half step down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm screwing this no, all up. No. 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 It's fine. Aaron um, Moore. He played well for Huddersfield this year. Uh, not like a huge. I mean, he's he's a you know, fulcrum of the attack. Not massive in goals or assists. Although I think we could see that jump up for Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Mila Yednek is another player who isn't necessarily a huge goal scorer. He's actually playing for uh, Aston Villa this season. Massive His beard, beard right has too. taken on, like, just, <laughs> it, it's it's prolific. It's it glorious. Just, I was yeah. almost been brewed for Aston Villa in that playoff final because yeah. his beard was so yeah. great. Uh, but he has uh, 18 goals in 75 caps. Um, I suspect he's still on pens as well. Um, and I just thought it was a lot of fun that Tim Cahill still plays for Australia. Um, he has 50 goals and 105 caps, but he is 38 years old. So, um, 38, my God. I would have guessed I he know. was 41, but what do I know? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. I mean, he looks, he's in oh. shape, you know, he still plays in MLS, doesn't he? Uh, no, he plays for Millwall in the championship. Is that right? I don't know how much. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how much playing time he actually gets for them but yeah he's he's in millwall did you just pull that just, out did you did you know that or that's amazing yeah yeah well i mean i know these weird facts because i was following and supporting a team in the championship and <laughs> right millwall right. had a really great season and they were vying for playoff um they were vying for a playoff spot and there was a match in which fulham had to go to millwall the den to get and they needed a result just as much as Millwall did, and somehow I got embroiled in all this. Now I have Millwall knowledge. Here we are. <laughs> uh, the only other player I'll note here is uh, Matthew Lecky. Um, he's a Hertha Berlin scorer. He scored two goals in the most recent friendly versus Czech Republic. Uh, eight goals in fifty-two caps for Australia. So, uh, not a team that I would necessarily be looking to bring in players for for my fantasy squad. Although Matt Ryan actually might be a decent option as a as a keeper, um, just because three saves do count as a point in this game, uh, like like they do in the fantasy game. So if you want to rack up some uh, some points, then yeah. um, like some, some maybe they maybe they sneak out a you know a clean sheet somewhere. Maybe against here's, a, here's some juice Netflix. for you. Yep. You want some it. juice? Yep. Um, how much do you want to put down on who scores fewer goals in this tournament, Saudi Arabia or Australia? Oh, I, I fewer goals. I'll go with Saudi Arabia, for sure. Okay, you think it's I'll go. Then I'll go Australia. I'll bet you All a right. dollar. Uh, the dollar bet is on. Uh, juice. 
so great. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> let's, let's move on to Peru. We got two more squads in Group C. Uh, Peru's people rank is eleven. Uh, they are La Buancaria, uh, the white and red. They have the best kit. I will not. I will not listen to arguments against it. I think uh, it's. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up again just so I can just so I can see the kit. Mm, um, just look at it. it. Is good looking kit, right? Uh, it's a great looking kit. Uh, while, while you're looking that up, uh, we have some predictions that came in from our listeners. And Tom Campbell predicts that Peru will become everyone's second team. Peru is getting a lot of love in the build up to this tournament. Um, some great narratives. The whole doping scandal with their uh, striker. I'm blanking on his name. And he was he was. Um, yeah. Paulo Guerrero. Those charges were dropped. Yeah. Guerrero. Yep. So yeah, Peru. Um, yeah, they're actually. I, I'll do Tom one better. They might be my first favorite team. And I mean, I don't have a. We don't have the U.S. to root for, Brandon. So it's like for us, it's like I'm rooting for like a Egypt and Iceland and Peru and you know. I put, it's the, it's all, it's all I put Japan open. down uh, when I was filling out my McDonald's game account. Mm-hmm. I put mm-hmm. Japan down. They, I think I'm all okay, in on so, Peru. All right, okay. so uh, Peru FIFA, FIFA rank number eleven, pretty high, surprisingly high. Uh, it's their first World Cup since 1982. Um, I've mentioned their kit, but go look that up if you haven't seen it. Um, they've won all four friendlies that they played this year. Uh, Paulo Guerrero, the player you mentioned before, had a brace in their most recent friendly versus Saudi Arabia. Um, their defense, I don't see any standard options there. Um, two players in midfield to keep an eye on. One is Ed- Edison Flores, who is a 5'5 attacking midfielder. You love uh, a short guy. I do love a short guy. I love a, a Shakiri type. Uh, nine goals in 26 caps. And um, just everything I've read about him, he's, he's really highly rated. Um, and uh, I like I like a player named Edison, too. Just a, It's a fun name, Edison. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Cueva. Is great inventor. Great footballer. <laughs> exactly. Is that where the Edison name comes from, I wonder? It's Edison Cavani. I know that's with an N, but still. No idea. No idea. It's an uh, interesting theory. Uh, Christian Cueva, uh, eight goals and 43 caps. Here's a fun fact for you, Brandon. He has played more minutes under Peru's manager, uh, Ricardo Garcia, than any other player. So uh, do with that what you will. Okay. Uh, and then the other player in Peru to look at, maybe an interesting uh, third forward option, is Paulo Guerrero. Uh, he's their all-time top goal scorer. Uh, the Copa America Golden Boot winner in 2011 and 2015. Uh, he's 34, 34 years old, and he plays for the Brazilian uh, squad Flamengo. Uh, he's got 34 goals in 11 caps. How is that for some fun facts? 80, 87 caps. That's amazing. Great yeah. great research on Peru. Um, I'm into it. I would like to see Peru do well in this group, and I think um, I, I think them against Australia, hopefully their defense stays strong and I can win my dollar. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, final group in Group C is Denmark, uh, FIFA rank uh, number 12. Uh, their nickname, as we all know, is Danish Dynamite. Uh, they have obviously. Some, uh, obviously. Uh, some reasonably good World Cup performances, although they did not qualify in uh, 2014. Um, though, uh, for our American listeners, uh, they did win Euro 92. So if, you did not, if you're an American and didn't know that, they did win Euro 92. Mm, now you know. Uh, they have been uh, held scoreless in their last two friendlies. Um, so uh, that is maybe a bit of concern, although I will note that Christian Eriksen scored at least one goal in seven of their eight matches in 2017. Uh, that includes a hat trick against Ireland. Um, 
the whole offense is being run through Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen to me is maybe, you know, maybe after one of those Uruguayan strikers, the, the, like the player you absolutely want to have in your squad um, yeah. for, um, for World Cup fantasy. I mean, he's just going to, you know, I, I really think he's going to perform well. He, he's pretty, I, like, I feel like he's pretty cool under pressure too. So, um, you know, I don't see the stage getting to him. Um, uh, other players to look at. He's uh, like, got, uh, uh, if you will, a little stick of Danish dynamite. He is like he is. He exemplifies Danish dynamite to a T. <laughs> uh, you've got Casper uh, Schmeichel, of course. Everybody loves Casper Schmeichel. Uh, not the best season for Leicester, but um, but um, you know that that defense uh, kind of let him down a little bit too. Yeah, um, and defense is getting pretty old. I mean, West West Morgan is like thirty six now. Yeah, um, not even he's not as old as Tim Cahill. Simon Kajar is that how you say his name? Seems uh, right. He, he is the team captain, uh, plays for Sevilla. He's got three goals and 77 caps. Uh, maybe a, a, you know, a defensive option for you there. And then don't forget Zonka, Brandon. Ah, uh, yeah, Zonka. Probably <laughs> Zonka. The, the Huddersfield player. There's a whole list of Huddersfield players that sort of crossed my view, but I, I never brought into my FPL team. Zonka is one of them. Schindler, another one. <laughs> yeah, Hogg. There's a lot yeah, of fun uh, Huddersfield <laughs> players this year. Uh, then midfield, you've got Erickson as the player to, to watch, obviously, with 21 goals and 77 caps. Uh, and then the forward line, uh, Nikolai Jorgensen uh, with eight goals in 30 caps. Uh, he was the top scorer in the uh, Eredivisie in 2016-17. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe he's going to maybe can get his head on a couple of those uh, Christian Erickson free kicks. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to Group D? Let's do it. Group D for for Brandon. <laughs> There's a D in my name. It's not bad. It's, um, it's so I think uh, people, some people are classifying Group D as the group of death, D for death. Uh, <laughs> and there are a number of teams that may or may not make it out of this group. Like they, they are all they all have a lot of potential. But for various reasons, all of these teams also have very legitimate reasons why they might collapse in the group stage. So we'll start with Argentina, Los Gauchos, the Cowmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that's the name of a band that I've heard of once. So I do my best to not uh, confuse Argentina's national team with a band on SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, ranked, ranked number five in the world. Uh, of course, Argentina's most recent memory of the World Cup is losing an extra time to Mario Gutza. Uh, fat Mario, um, <laughs> one of those very peculiar players that you know he's not actually fat, but he looks fat, sort of like a Frank yeah, Lampard yeah, chubby, situation. Chubby face. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I never oh, thought Lampard looked fat. Nah, me either. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Lampard truther. <laughs> Qualification not a breeze for Argentina. They finished behind Brazil and Uruguay, but as you were mentioning about Uruguay, Josh, they are stacked. Brazil also has a fantastic team. So. Um, and, and they mentioned this on the, I think it was the, uh, the totally football show about qualification in South America is like legendarily difficult. All the crazy altitude that you have to deal with and Chile all, not making it is insane. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah Unless crazy. we forget like the, so many of these players are so good. They're of course playing in the best leagues in Europe travel for them to play these qualifiers all the way. And, um, I mean, everyone's doing traveling, but I think it, the South American players bear one of the bigger burdens. So uh, Messi is LeBroning it here. They crushed Haiti last week. Messi scored a hat trick. But beyond that, they um, 
haven't played too many matches since um, a run of friendlies in March. So have they had enough time on the training pitch to get some squad togetherness, some tactical acumen? Um, they have no real goalkeeper to look at. Uh, Sergio Romero from Manchester United pulled out with an injury. So um, this is a pretty remarkable stat on Argentinian goalkeepers. They are bringing three goalkeepers to Russia, and none, none of them have more than 10 caps for the national team. 36-year-old Willie Caballero from uh, now now um, back up at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. He mm-hmm. got his first cap in March, like just a few that's, months ago, 36-year-old. So that's amazing. how that's how dire things are with the, the defense in Argentina. And um, with Otamendi and Fazio in central midfield, I don't think anyone's pegging Argentina to keep a lot of clean sheets here. So, of course, we're looking up front. Higuain seems like he's likely to start. Um, I mean, this is one of the mysteries of modern football, uh, why Sergio Aguero has never been able to get Higuain out of that starting spot. Um, it's weird. It's like, weird. And Higuain is like famous for like fluffing the ball in huge situations, too. So Yeah, when he's, when he's yeah. good, he's good. And when he's not, he's just like flagrantly not. Yeah, like, didn't they struggle to score goals, like, in that entire 2014 World Cup? And they had, like, one of the, yeah, I mean, one like, Aguero, like, you know, one of the great pure strikers, pure yeah. goal scorers, and then, you know, in football. So, yeah, it's weird. It's strange. You get the sense there's, there's a ton of um, political intrigue in the squad. Um, Dybala, the young guy who plays for Juventus, there is, there are, like, there's public feuding between him and Messi and how... Um, yeah. Messi doesn't want to play with him because he tries to occupy the same space as Messi likes to occupy. Yeah, it's it's like the France team, but the pieces don't seem to fit together as well. You know, yeah, it's right. and it's like and, and everyone just sees Messi and and thinks that it's all going to work out. But I, yeah, I mean, it's there's really no reason to think that they. I don't know. You know, no reason to think that they're just going to all of a sudden like for the first time pull it all together. Is it? I mean, Messi like tried to retire. You know, I mean, yeah. I, know, I know he just scored a hat trick yeah, for right. Uh, and a friendly for them, but yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, uh, so Di Maria and Lanzini, other attacking players in the midfield, but I only because I was watching this game at Cock and Bull, the bar in Midtown that is right next to your office, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argentina beat Italy in a friendly 2 0, and Ever Banega uh, scored this really nice. The strike that he put on the ball wasn't as good as the great build up um, pass and move that Argentina had leading up to this goal. But just because I saw him score a goal live on television, I am saying everyone <laughs> check out Ever Banega, 29-year-old sure. um, attacking mid from Sevilla. So there you go. Moving on to Croatia. Uh, nobody really seems to too hype on Croatia, despite them having um, some terrific players, Luka Modric uh, among them. Uh, I don't know if this is some weird co-branding with the Men in Blazers podcast, but <laughs> Croatia's nickname, the Blazers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, ranked 18 in the world. Great kit. I, I've always liked the Croatian kit. Uh, totally agree. Um, soft spot for Croatia for me, um, mm-hmm. the Blazers. Uh, I still I still feel like they were sort of disappointing in Euro 2016. They kind of had this clear path, at least to the semifinals, and they... It kind of blew it, and I feel like I'm still holding that against them a little bit. Like I don't, I don't trust them after that. Speaking of blowing it, uh, here's another small global tournament that I learned about during this research. The China Cup 
which took place in January. The China Cup, how many teams do you think participate in the China Cup, Josh? Um, three. <laughs> Close. Four. So you had uh, Chile, <laughs> Iceland, Croatia, and then, of course, China. So um, Croatia. Four corners of the globe. The four corners of the globe. So uh, they lost the China Cup. I think that's a bad omen for this World Cup. I think they're totally going to just like uh, dissolve uh, when all the bad memories of the China Cup uh, come <laughs> back. <laughs> they have not been able to score uh, as of late. They they were scoreless against Brazil last week, getting clobbered uh, 2-0 by them. And uh, their last tune-up is this Friday. Probably as people are listening to it, they'll be playing Senegal in their last tune-up. Um, I've come along, around to Dejan Lovren after his kind of like nightmare yeah. season at Liverpool. I think he, he played really well, <clears throat> all things considered, in the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Down the stretch in general, he played pretty well. After that awful, he played an awful game against Spurs. It was, it was a game that was so bad he got pulled in like the 33rd minute. Yeah. Um, and yeah, since then he's uh, he's he's been considerably better. If you're just a regular, injury, a little injury prone. <laughs> if you're just a regular guy though, or gal, how can you not look at Dejan Lovren and see like he, there's just something kind of very human and heroic about somebody failing so epically? I mean, not not <laughs> yeah. uh, not Lars Carius levels of epically bad, but still coming back and and performing week after week. I, I, yeah, I think it's very true. admirable. So, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, this is the the army of, of Itches, Perisic, Rakitic, Modric, Mandzukic. They're all good, but uh, there does seem to be con- uh, concern about them them actually wanting to put a result together and, and playing well in this ter- tournament. Uh, the one to look out for here, maybe if you're looking to pad up, pad out your uh, your lineup of strikers. Andrzej Kramaric, the 26-year-old striker at Hoffenheim. Um, he was a failure at Leicester City, the season in which Leicester won the league. And I think he only got two starts for Leicester City during that season before they shipped him off to Hoffenheim, where he has grown. And he has scored 28 goals for Hoffenheim since. So I think some uh, some predicting that Kramaric might be the one to score the goals as they come through with Luka Modric in the midfield. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Two more teams. Iceland, our boys. I love this. This is a nickname <laughs> only for Iceland, Icelandic people. It's, it's, it's a great team name. It was also a great uh, show on TBS a couple of years <laughs> yeah. ago. Uh, works. Oh, is that the Jim Gaffigan show? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I actually think it was called my boys, but you know, close enough. Yeah. Close enough. All right. Fever rank number 22 runners up. At the 2017 China <laughs> Cup. So wow. put that in your pipe and smoke it, Josh. Um, they're coming off an exciting 2016 Euros in which they uh, they, led, they are legends for, for beating England. And uh, poor Roy, Roy Hodges, Hodgson putting him out of the job. Uh, then they were subsequently crushed by France. I think it was 5-2 to two was the final score there. So they have lost three friendlies in the last couple of weeks. They drew against Ghana today. But one thing that um, is reassuring about these uh, build-up matches to the World Cup is they're scoring goals in all of them. So one worry you wouldn't have about Iceland is that they're, they're prolific in goal scoring. So I'm looking to Iceland fantasy-wise for attacking players. Gilfie looks like he's back. He came on as a sub 
last week and scored a goal. It was a rebounded goal, but it was a nice little dink over the keeper. So um, you at least saw some culture from Gilfie have even just coming back from injury. He's still got that blown t- away that by magic Iceland. You are getting we're get, people are getting more Iceland knowledge than you were from like, the Totally Football podcast. This is incredible. Yeah, right. Dive in Iceland. And uh, and and Gilfie started uh, today in the match against Ghana, so it looks like he is uh, in in some way, shape, or form getting to match fitness ahead of the World Cup. Okay. Um, one other guy I want to mention real quick who has been scoring goals for him. He has a Hobbit-like name, like it's like <laughs> Fing oh. Fingen Fingenbottom or something like that. Oh, yeah, Alfred, yeah, Al- uh, Alfred Fing Fing Bogusen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you go. Fing Bogusen. He's my man. Uh, and mm-hmm. and uh, don't he's Fing Bogus's son. That's that's how it works. Nice. Absolutely. Um, and uh, don't forget about the Goodmansons, Burnley's Johan Berg Goodmanson, yeah. and another Goodmanson whose name <laughs> is Albert. So an ice an ice <laughs> an Icelandic person named Albert. You gotta love it. Uh, Nigeria. Yeah, Goodmanson, I think, is a decent uh, fantasy option. Oh, I, for you know, sure. I played really well for for, for Burnley this year. Yeah, and uh, Johan has also been scoring goals for Iceland. More importantly, I mean, he's he's, he's great on set pieces. You do wonder how how many of those Gilfie's actually going to be taking himself. But um, you know, depending on how the pricing mm, true, works, true. maybe Johan is the way to go. All right, uh, real quick, the last team in Group D, it's Nigeria. The Super Eagles, ranked 47 in the world. Uh, they made it out of the group stage in 2014, only to lose to France. And uh, they have an attacking lineup going into the World Cup that is a variable who's who of flash-in-the-pan FPL assets. <laughs> Let me read them out yeah. for you, Josh. Now, Victor Moses, okay. we could argue about that one. Victor Moses has had yeah, some staying power. Borderline good. Yeah. Borderline good yeah. player. Yeah. Um, and he did take a penalty against Poland back in February, which I think is interesting. Hmm. Alex Awobi. Uh, for Arsenal, he's probably been one of their more prolific attacking players over the the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. But then you get into Pretty better down the stretch for Arsenal. Yeah, I think the the theory about Alex Awobi is that um, he does really step up into a bigger role, a more leadership role um, when he's playing for his country. So mm-hmm. um, I I do think he's interesting heading into World Cup. Odian Agallo, uh, former Watford wonderkin, wow. moved to China. Yeah. And Chinese legend. Now he is a Chinese legend. And Iannaccio, um, Man City player now at Leicester. Um, there is a huge Leicester contingent now at Nigeria. You've got Iannaccio and uh, connecting in the midfield. It's uh, Wilfred Ndidi and Ahmed Musa. Wow. Yeah, how do you like that? That that I feel like that does bode well, right? That seems like a good Yeah. You 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 want that kind of connection there, right? That, I like, think so. They're gonna they're gonna all that, yeah, that's how team hand. chemistry works if you're playing FIFA Ultimate on, on the video game. Yeah. You get guys from the same country who also play at the same club, your chemistry is just yeah. gonna go sky high. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um but uh John Obi McKell who you mentioned earlier in the podcast, who I, I didn't know who you were talking about because I usually say Obi Mikel John or Obi John Mikel. I, I can never... It's like all over the place, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like I, I've seen it spelled both ways. Yeah. It's, yeah. 84 caps for Nigeria. By all accounts, the midfield really hinges upon um, his control. 
He's he feels like he's been around forever. If if you were not looking at the running order, how old would you have guessed that John Obi Mikel is? Uh, how old is Tim Cahill? Thirty-eight. <laughs> I would guess like thirty-eight. Yeah, he's thirty-one years old. So still, he's still oh. got life in those legs. Yeah, well done, well done, John Obi Mikel. So however you say your name. Yeah, knowing what you now know about Nigeria, I mean, take take what, what you now know about Iceland with a grain of salt. How do you feel about Nigeria's chances in this group? Well, you know, the, the Leicester connection is changing my my thoughts a little bit on this. I mean, I, you know, it's a weird group. I mean, okay, yeah, Argentina is probably going to qualify out of there. I, you know, I might lean towards Nigeria now, to be honest. I, but I, I don't know if that's just my Premier League bias getting in the way, right? Like, I mean, Croatia, to me, is the team that should get out of this group, right? Just based yeah. on their... I mean, we, we, you know, we barely talked about um, um, uh, about uh, Mario Mandzukic, right? I mean, you know, guy scored an overhead kick goal in the Champions League final a year ago. Yeah. You know, um, so a lot of like a lot of talent on that in that squad, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I kind of I think I'm kind of coming around to Nigeria as the second place team in this, yeah. in this group. For whatever reason, there's just a huge amount of concern about Croatia while they have the talent. Um, something's just wrong with the association. And the politics behind the scenes, and um, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, uh, Barcelona midfielder and Rakitic and Luka Modric both playing at the two best teams in in Europe by by, by some distance. So yeah, you, you yeah, gotta give them some, a talent alone. But you know, the World Cup's not always about talent, Brandon. I, no, I can't believe you don't know this. I can't believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> you know, you've never heard this before. Um, all right. Well, that's that's four groups. That was uh, that was a lot of talking. I, I'm not used to it. You know, I wasn't. That was like a, I had to put a lot of words in front of each other. Yeah, I need a glass of water now. <laughs> yeah, I need to finish this beer. For yeah, sure. the beer is not hydrating me. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna let you go, folks. Uh, let's do one one last question here, Brandon. Uh, Tashi C says, if you were gambling men, which we are. Uh, who would you put your money on to win the World Cup? Let's just, yeah. let's, just let's just leave it at that. Now, I don't I don't have the odds in front of me, but um, as of this podcast, I'm picking Brazil to win the World Cup. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I am really in the fence. I'm kind of leaning towards France, actually. Okay, um, which seems a slightly risky pick, but um, I just. I guess I'm just blown away by their talent, and I, I feel like if if it, if it all comes together, I mean, having like Olivier Giroud as a possible super sub, I, I just like the way that team like all fits. Yeah, you know, so sure, yeah, yeah. Brandon, where can people find our podcast? Uh, they can find our podcast pretty much anywhere. Well, no, exactly anywhere you get podcasts. So go to Apple Podcasts, your iTunes Store, Google Play. Stitcher, follow us on SoundCloud. And most importantly, if we can ask you a favor, um, it costs you nothing and it really does help us. If you have a second, just go to Always Cheating in the iTunes podcast store and give us a review and a rating. Um, five stars, please. It really does help us a lot and it makes Josh feel good inside, which is really important. It me. makes you feel much better. You love that. You, you, you live for uh, I, I do like it. I, I do like it. So uh, we really appreciate your feedback. And if you have feedback beyond just giving us five stars, Josh, people can find us in social media exactly where? 
That's right. Uh, Twitter, uh, we're Hail Cheaters on Twitter. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, we're Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Uh, you can also just go to alwayscheating.com. Uh, and uh, perhaps most importantly, you can support the podcast and get a lot of stuff for yourself by going to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, lots of different pledge levels there, lots of different ways to uh, to show your support for the podcast, and we very much appreciate it. But even if you just want to listen, we appreciate that too, and uh, we're excited to be doing World Cup pods. We're not going to be doing them you know, every two days or whatever, but we're going to do a uh, group uh, E through H, um, you know, either this weekend or early next week. Um, and then we'll do, um, you know, some standard podcasts uh, in between uh, the game weeks as much as we can. They, it comes pretty fast and furious. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like the premier league. We've got a whole week to recover. So I don't think we're going to be able to get every single game week. But, no. um, you know, we'll certainly pop in and, and, and keep tabs and things, update people in the leagues. Things the like old that. World Cup pop in. The old cup popping. Uh, all right, uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, hail, hail, John McCall Obi or John Obi McCall. <laughs> yeah. J O M. Hail, hail, John. I'm looking. I'm looking right here. John, variously known and Wikipedia as John Obi McCall, John McCall Obi or McCall John Obi. How is that possible? <laughs> he he he's like Banksy. He's just he's just messing with us at this point. <laughs> All right, hail anyway, Obi Mikkel John. Hail Obi. Yep, exactly. All right, talk to you soon, Brennan. Bye. Oh!